This is Marco Reus. This is Shinji Kagawa. This is Nuri Shahin. Hello, this is Jaden Sancho. And you're listening to the Yellow Wall podcast. Welcome to episode 386 of The Yellow Report. I'm your host Stefan Wolzko and today we will talk about Borussia Dortmund's Super Cup defeat against Bayern Munich and we will preview tomorrow's match against SC Freiburg. For that and more joins me Lars Pohlmann. Hello Lars, happy Friday, how are you doing? Thank God it's Friday Stefan, yeah I'm doing fine, how are you? <laughs> I'm doing very well, thank you. Last Dortmund did lose 3-1 in the Super Cup, uh, as neither uh, Abel nor I predicted, because we both picked Dortmund to win. And it was a game that Dortmund could have won. I don't know if they should have won it, but uh, the chances were there and uh, some avoidable mistakes. What did you make of that match? Um, given it's only the Super Cup, which nobody in Germany really cares about... Uh I mean, the motivation comes more from Bayern being Dortmund's opponents and vice versa. And those games always have a little bit of, you know, extra oomph, if you like. Um, I mean, apart from that, I think it was a pretty enjoyable game of football, especially for if those even exist neutral fans who only watch just because, you know, it was footy on the telly. Um, I think I liked a lot of what I saw from Dortmund despite the defeat and obviously uh, the individual mistakes kind of dooming them in the second half. Uh, Akanji's mistake, I don't know what was happening there in his mind and I certainly hope he's not going to revert back to, you know, the kind of Akanji we have seen at times in his Dortmund career where, you know, the confidence is really lacking. Um, Yeah, I mean, they, they lost the game, deserved to lose with those mistakes and not putting away their chances. But still, I think uh, there were enough positives to take away from the game. I liked particularly uh, the fact that Dortmund weren't bullied at any point in the game, which in in recent past against Bayern was the case uh, a few times. Uh, you could even argue that Dortmund were the more aggressive side, uh, You know, not necessarily speaking about fouls and whatever, but just, you know, by body language and, and the way they comported themselves. I think that was a very reasonable performance early in the season against still a very good opponent uh, in Bayern. And, you know, defeat in the Super Cup doesn't really matter to me. The performance was good enough. Yeah, I uh, 100% agree with you. Uh, my takeaway is also that this was probably one of the most proactive performances by Dortmund that I've seen them play against uh, Bayern. I really... Uh, enjoyed uh, the way the players, especially after Marco Reus scored this gorgeous uh, strike, the, the way this entire team basically, uh, you know, pushed themselves and pushed the entire stadium. You know, there was Bellingham and Haaland especially who who really pushed the team on. I, I really don't remember uh, uh, for a very long time that a striker like Haaland is basically waving the entire team forward to to aggressively push And uh, yeah, there's there there's a spark, there's a fire in this team, and uh, it's it's fun to see even if the result in the end didn't really go Dortmund's way. And I feel like if it weren't for Akanji's mistake, maybe they could have eked something out there. You know, all you need to do is draw, and then you go to a penalty shootout. To be honest, 
But, uh, you know, woulda, coulda, shoulda. Um, I think overall uh, Dortmund can be very happy with that. I thought Dahoud had a very good game. Uh, I was impressed uh, with Nico Schulz, to be honest, because uh, he is performing on a level that uh, I would have not wouldn't have predicted to be honest so um i'm very happy with that i think <laughs> everyone knows that felix paslak struggled quite a bit on the right side uh, it's uh, not an easy task to go up against alfonso davis and uh, yeah dortmund had a couple of issues uh playing it out of the back i thought you know the first phase of build-up when uh, kobold just passed it out to his left back or right back um dortmund did have to punt a couple of times and uh you know, lost the ball in, in quite uh, awkward situations. I think Mark Royce also had a really weird giveaway at some point that invited Byron more often than uh, they should have. But uh, otherwise, I thought uh, it was a really fun game and uh, you could uh, definitely see the, the potential and the cohesion. So I think some of the positives from last season definitely have uh, carried over into this season. And uh, I do so far like... I guess proactiveness is a good word uh, that Dortmund are showing that they are on the front foot. Doesn't matter who they're playing. And uh, yeah, that's positive. So yeah, obviously, uh, you know, the the marking for the first goal uh, was not particularly good. Uh, the second one Dortmund was just overrun. I think Mark Rosa today's news conference pointed out that maybe Witzel or Löhn center back uh, would have uh, defended that space a little bit differently. Uh, but um, yeah. Anyway, one 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 note I also wanted to make is that I really like again how Kobel played in this game, uh, how he was on the front foot himself and uh, snuffed out a couple of things, uh, really Manuel Neuer style. If you want, you know, there there were a couple of situations where Dortmund undercooked the back pass or so, and he was there, uh, you know, not shy to handle the ball uh, outside of his box. So I thought that was positive. Lars, any other thoughts before we move on to the Freiburg match? Um, yeah, I think we kind of have to spend a little time on, on past Lux's uh, very bad day in the office, uh, but I want to take like a positive spin on it um, because everybody and their mother is clamoring for Dortmund now to sign another right back and uh, some people even want uh, Joscha Vanjoman of uh, Hamburger SV, who is a pretty decent talent, but he's injured for the next two months, so that does not improve your team whatsoever in the short term. And I want to just remind people of uh, Hakimi's struggle against Bayern. I mean, I don't remember Hakimi having a single game in which he didn't make at least a couple of absolutely horrendous defensive uh, errors against Bayern. I uh, remember a game uh, late in the year uh, at home against Bayern where uh, Hakimi was absolutely awful and Sancho probably had the worst performance of his Dortmund career in front of him and he should have been hooked after 25 minutes. Uh, So against a team of Bayern's caliber, I don't think necessarily that, you know, we can judge what Passler can and can't do in a Dortmund shirt. I think everybody knows that he's not the first and probably not also not the second option uh, at, at, at any position he's going to play. And, but he has versatility. Uh, he's a, a, a good guy to have around just because of his versatility and the fact that he identifies so strongly with the club. So... I want to ask people to, while they can obviously criticize, uh, you know, bad performances and there's no sugarcoating that Passlap was not up to par uh, against Bayern, I still think uh, we need to put things in perspective a bit more than uh, what happens during match day. But I guess that's also kind of a 
a hollow hope I have. Yeah, uh, I I'm afraid so. But uh, you know, I also would like to point out that uh, Dortmund didn't necessarily do their very best to support Paslak in his endeavor. To be honest, uh, I I think uh, maybe with the more healthy backline plus Paslak, um, things overall are handled maybe a little bit differently. I I'm I'm not sure. I'm just speculating, but uh, I feel like Paslak didn't always have the support that he maybe needed. Um, yeah, so there's that. But again, overall, I thought uh, it was a very positive performance. One thing that uh, annoyed me once again, and is always a talking point, I think even Rose brought it up, is that uh, somehow, miraculously, a lot of calls always go toward Bayern, not, not to Dortmund. I feel like uh, maybe uh, before uh, Bayern scored their first goal, Lewandowski fouled Paslak. <laughs> You know, quite blatantly, actually, and uh, yeah, uh, you can you can ar- already like point out to the Bayern bonus uh, in that in that Gladbach game, uh, and this time again, maybe maybe it's just me being biased, but I feel like it's sometimes a little bit too blatant. I don't I don't think referees do it on purpose, but it it just feels like there's a little thing uh, that's that's kind of annoying. So uh, just just wanted to say that even Marco Rosa, I think, pointed it out today at the news conference. So it's not just me. Last, let's move on to tomorrow's game, which obviously is against SC Freiburg, who uh, are usually a very formidable opponent, but also like to lose against Dortmund. So um, the good news is there are five players that at least today on Friday have returned to te- team training, I think. Uh, at least according to Rose, which are Hummels, Brandt, Guerrero, Jan, and Meunier. Um, I don't know who will be eligible to even make the trip to Breisgau, but, uh, you know, uh, at least that's some positive news. Lars, what can we expect from a trip to uh, Freiburg, to Baden-Württemberg? Um, I think the good thing about Freiburg is that so few things change about the club usually. I mean, Christian Streich, uh, the head coach, is far and away the longest tenured head coach in the Bundesliga. Uh, this is going to be, I think, his 18th game against Dortmund. And in February, he won his first uh, victory against Dortmund in a 2-1, I believe, uh, where Mukoko scored the goal for Dortmund and they were kind of pushing for an equalizer late in the game but didn't find it. Um, yeah, I think what, what everybody knows about Freiburg is that they are supremely well coached, which kind of is by design when the same guy d- d- does it for you know more than a decade now, or pretty much a decade, I'm not entirely sure. Um, yeah, they are well coached in both uh, phases of the game, if you like, so in possession and against the ball, as we would say in Germany. Uh, they have a lot of personnel continuity as well. I mean, they just sold uh, Baptiste Santamaria to Stadren, uh, brought in Maximilian Eggestein of Bremen, who's kind of a, I guess you could call it a reclamation project after being engulfed in Bremen's downward spiral over the last couple of years. So he might actually start uh, on his debut, as Streich said, during the week. Um, and uh, I, th- I think people pretty much know what Freiburg offer. It's uh, the kind of game that, you know, you wouldn't necessarily call shocking if Dortmund dropped points, but you are generally expecting to win these if you have high ambitions uh, ahead of the season. And I mean, the, the record, as we've 
kind of alluded to already speaks volumes uh, in, in Dortmund's favor. But uh, I mean, early in the season, Dortmund have been prone to dropping points somewhat unexpectedly. I think I can remember at least five games against Augsburg, uh, <laughs> which, which happened early in the season where Dortmund, uh, by badly defending set pieces or whatever, uh, you know, struggled to put away the points. And, you know, I wouldn't necessarily be hugely surprised if uh, Dortmund came away with, you know, like a draw or something tomorrow. Yeah, that's uh, that's one thing. Usually, uh, Dortmund start with a big victory on match day one, and there's all this euphoria. And then on match day two, they uh, really struggle. Uh, not always, but uh, most of the time. Um, I think last season it literally was a two nothing defeat or two one defeat or something like that in Augsburg. Um, yeah, obviously the last time Dortmund traveled to Freiburg, I th I think Freiburg had some like ridiculous scoring output, right? Where they just had like two of the most outrageous strikes that were went like against the inside of the post or something. Uh, a game that Freiburg maybe arguably shouldn't have won, but uh, just did on that day because they had uh, you know some uh, some luck in their finishing. So um, yeah, I I don't know how it will go this time. Um, also done. Uh, assume too many changes uh, from the starting lineup, to be honest. I think it's going to be Paslak, Witzel, uh, Akanji and Schulz in the back line. I think Dahoud will start, Bellingham and Reyna will start, uh, Royce will probably also start, and then I guess it's going to be again uh, Mokoko and Haaland. Um, I don't know about you, Lars, but uh, I don't think Malen is at a point right now where he should be in the starting lineup. Uh, he really did struggle in the few minutes he had so far. Um, so yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll see. Do you, do you have any, uh, other assumptions for the lineup? I mean, uh, maybe, maybe even, uh, hmm, I don't know, Wolf as a, as a right back or something like that. So I, I think that would be kind of reactionary, uh, especially considering Wolf only came back from injury recently himself. Uh, I think the team pretty much selects itself before these five guys you mentioned earlier are fully reintegrated into the team. I mean, you, you in theory, you could always uh, think about, you know, giving a rest to um, Bellingham, for example, because he only returned so late from uh, the Euros and you still have Thomas Delaney at your disposal. But mm -hmm. with Delaney, you're, you can't even be sure that he's going to make the trip to Freiburg, uh, considering his move to Sevilla seems pretty much nailed on at this point and Rose even while saying that they don't comment on rumors and speculation he <laughs> basically did just that and said that things changed uh, as opposed to last week and when last week he spoke and said he didn't know anything about Delaney leaving when things have now changed as he said so you know you, you can figure out what that might mean so I think the team outside of the second striker uh, pretty much selects itself. And that's the spot where Rosa has made most changes this far in the season. I mean, uh, Tegel started in the cup. Um, Azar started again in uh, the league game and Mukoko started in the Super Cup. So uh, if by, by that logic, you might think uh, Daniel Marlen makes his full Dortmund debut. But uh, as you said earlier, I think Rose was pretty adamant that Marlin is not at a point uh, right now in his physical development after the Euros vacations and, and all that uh, in which he's good enough to start uh, and, and hold up physically for, you know, 60 or whatever minutes. So I think it's 
probably between uh, Tigis and Mokoko because Azar is, I mean, they don't really, they, they haven't really said anything since he was out against Bayern with some sort of ankle injury, but I'm just assuming that he's not going to be available. So it's presumably between Tigis and Mokoko and, you know, there's, you, you couldn't picture two more different looking strikers. Uh, <laughs> both from appearance and also a bit in terms of playing style. And I guess it's uh, a question of which kind of tactical approach Rose wants against Freiburg if he wants the, uh, you know, aerial prowess and, and work rate against the ball, then perhaps Tigges is the better choice. Mokoko is obviously the player with more attacking potential, more uh, sprinting ability. Uh, so if he once again wants to use... Uh, you know, Haaland and the second striker on the shoulders of the defense and trying to stretch Freiburg, then obviously Mokoko is the better choice. And ultimately, I think uh, that's what's uh, what it's going to come down to. Yeah, uh, very well put um, on the Delaney subject. Yeah, uh, I, I think Borussia Dortmund's official motto is we don't officially comment on rumors unless we do, <laughs> which is quite often actually. Um, but yeah, I, I think uh, we can all mentally prepare for a transfer being announced there. Uh, Lars, do you think it's realistic that Roman Bürki will be the second choice goalkeeper behind Jan Oblak, I guess, at uh, Atletico soon? No, because they signed uh, Benjamin Lecomte of uh, Monaco late last evening. Oh. Is that to, so? to be the secondary goalkeeper, yeah. I, I haven't and seen I that don't, yet. I don't, I don't really understand why people think that Atletico would be so hot on the heels of a guy that's been demoted to third or even fourth keeper at Dortmund at this point. I, I mean, don't know. As much as we uh, can prepare ourselves for Delaney to leave, I think people need to realize that in this kind of market, uh, a player on wages such as Berkey is pretty much non-transferable unless, you know, there's a ma major injury uh, and someone needs someone uh, who knows the league. So if, for example, uh, a Bundesliga goalkeeper was to go down, uh, you know, Berkey would probably be pretty near at the top of the list there, but uh, I don't really see anyone, especially this late in the window. I mean, if you are looking for, you know, a number two goalkeeper, you probably have have that already at your disposal because this season outside of the Serie A, which is starting tonight, everybody's already uh, underway. Right. Yeah, I was just going to say Manuel Neuer picked up a little boo-boo. <laughs> but uh, yeah, no. Uh, anyway, I think uh, it's time to knock it on the head, Lars. Uh, what's your scoreline prediction for the Freiburg game? Uh, in the last Dortmund away game at the old uh, Dreisam-Stadion, mm -hmm. because they're moving uh, to a new arena in October, I'm going with a somewhat disappointing one-all draw. All right. I, um, I'll remain confident. I think Dortmund will win this 3-1. And uh, with that, Lars, where can people follow you on the internet to uh, get the uh, straight facts about Roman Bürki's remain I mean, they can't because I'm not concerning myself with that, but uh, they can follow me on Twitter at Lars Polman and outside of match days, never read from me these days. <laughs> Fine. You can follow me at Stefan Butzko uh, and you can follow all of us at Yellow Warpod on Twitter and Facebook. If you want to subscribe to the show, please do so via YouTube, iTunes, Stitcher, SoundCloud, 
and Spotify if you want to contribute financially. And we've got a couple of new patrons in the recent days, and I'm very thankful for that. Uh, go to patreon.com slash the yellow wall. It's always appreciated. And uh, as always, also, thank you for listening. We shall be back next week with a review of uh, the Freiburg game and then preview the next game. And I think the Champions League draw is somewhere in between. So maybe we'll discuss that as well. In the meantime, uh, stay safe. Goodbye.